This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Can't get enough of Boomer and Carton in the morning. Al Dukes and Jerry Recco are here with some sports news and updates they didn't have time to cover. Here we go. It's the Boomer and Carton Postgame Show with Al and Jerry. We are rolling, so here we are on a Thursday as we get set for the big trip to San Francisco. Al is leaving tomorrow. I will be leaving on uh, Sunday morning because I've got... Games in New Hampshire Friday night and Boston on Saturday night. Get home early flight Sunday. I'm looking forward to actually getting out there with you guys uh, on Sunday. I might have to come crash in your room for a couple of hours, but so be it. All right, mind. sir. I'm sure my room will be ready till 4 o'clock. Uh, yesterday on the podcast, one of the topics we discussed was the uh, Burger King employee who, remember he posted online the, the, the picture of the chicken nuggets that he stole on his way out the door and all that? He was quitting or got fired, and he grabbed all the chicken nuggets. Correct, exactly. The all frozen of that. ones. Well, it turns out he didn't. That was a big joke. Oh, that was a bit. Yes, it was a hoax. Um, That's he a said weird he was hoax. just running an errand for his boss and decided to post the photo to see if people would just believe anything. Now, that's fine. All right, funny, ha, ha, ha. Why wouldn't we believe it? Yeah, it's not. I mean, that's not a hoax. That's just stupid. Who it's cares? Stupidity. I mean, I don't know. I kind of. I was bothered when I saw this story because now this guy's going to get notoriety for being a jackass. Yeah, and I kind of liked. I thought it was interesting that he um, took all the chicken nuggets on his way out the door. It's kind of funny, right? And it led into the story about me and Don Lagreca and how you can have an epic ending to a career here. I mean, right. I it was funny. And this guy turns out to be nothing but just a prankster, which, you know, whatever. If I want to see pranksters, I'm going to watch some Practical Jokers every right. night, which, by the way, might be the best show on TV. It's but a good show. I love it. I think it's hysterical. But this stuff, ah, come on. I saw another uh, fast food-related thing yesterday, Jerry. People were posting, um, I guess uh, there are some McDonald's that have mozzarella sticks. Yeah. And I guess they ran into some problem where there wasn't actually mozzarella in the sticks. It was just <laughs> the hollowed-out um, coating. The breading. The breading. And people were tweeting all these pictures. I guess they had a mishap at the factory or something. But uh, That's so, hysterical. <laughs> yeah. The mozzarella sticks minus the mozzarella. That is funny. But I'm sure they are working on that. People love a nice mozzarella stick, Jerry. You, well, you know, it's funny about what you're talking about. Is when I was a kid, um, I really wasn't into my mother and uh, used to make chicken cutlets a lot. You know, you, you bread them and you fry them and all that. And she used to burn mine because I, I, the darker the better. I don't like... I don't like stuff that's not cooked. I don't like medium rare. I, I like well done. You want things cooked, yeah. especially chicken. You're worried about uh, getting that uh, sickness. Yes. Undercooked chicken will kill you. So when I taught, correct. So when I was uh, probably 14 or so, when I really started cooking a little bit, um, I was living in Old Bridge at the time, and I said, I had this thought. My parents were at work, and it was middle of the day in the summer. I remember thinking, if I like chicken cutlets extraordinarily thin and just burnt, why don't I just put the breading in the oil? Perfect. So I tried it. Ugh. It was disgusting. I basically cooked into nothing. It was like I was eating ashes. Right. Yeah, that's not good. good. For some reason, that doesn't work. I like your idea. I like your thinking. Just just fry up the coating. Yes. Well, I guess it needs some type of base. It had to have something. It literally, it looked like, no. when I put Dust. it into the oil, it looked like nothing. <laughs> and there I am with a spoon. I'm trying to cook it. I don't know what the <laughs> hell I was doing. I was 14. I was where I was going to burn the house down. Because I almost burnt the house down once when I was maybe 
Mm, I would say 10. My sister was 16. She was watching us. I had a friend come over. My mother and my, my parents were going out to dinner. And she says, listen, I bought you boys pizza. You put it in the oven. All good, right? So I had never cooked anything before. My sister was on the phone. She's like, don't bother. If you need it, if unless the house is burning down, leave me alone. Okay, fine. So we go to put the pizza in the oven. We're hungry. And all of a sudden, the smoke alarms start going off. So she comes running down. She opens the oven. Well, I didn't know you couldn't put a plastic tray in the oven. <laughs> I tried cooking the pizza on a plastic tray. What made it worse was after we took it out and it was all melted and everything, we tried eating the pizza. Off the melted plastic tray? <laughs> yeah. Like one bite, we realized we shouldn't be eating plastic. Right. It was not a Burned good Burned plastic. Yeah. Pretty stupid. But I am not the brightest person. Never have been. Jerry, we love to uh, give you stories from our friends at Pornhub. <laughs> They do a lot of, they must um, employ statisticians over there. Well, with all the studies you give me, they They do a lot of studies. And, well, you know how we've done studies from Pornhub of when, like, when your team loses the Super Bowl. It surges, right? Yeah, it surges in in the city that loses because people get sad and turn to uh, their computer pornography in order to make themselves feel better. I guess. So, as expected, the big winter storm that we had... You know, Netflix, a lot of people were doing streaming sure. movies. Yeah. Probably a lot of on-demand movies right. uh, were watched. Well, the same happened at Pornhub. Really? People turned to their pornography when they were snowed in. That surprises me. The uh, in, in They looked at areas where there was snow. Boston, New York, Philly, Washington. Washington, D.C. saw an increase of over, almost 25% of traffic during the Snowden days. You're kidding. Yeah. Philadelphia had uh, 14%, New York 9%, and Boston 8% increase in traffic on Pornhub. Let me ask you this. Yes, sir. You seem to be locked in on the porn stuff. Well, I, I, I like the, more for their statistics, Jerry, their statisticians Right, but uh, listen, there. if I need a question answered about porn, I'm going to you at this point. I suppose. Point. Well, I listen to a lot of Howard Stern. So, sure. So how, what percentage of porn users mm-hmm. would you say are single compared to those in either committed relationships or married? I would think it's a lot of single dudes. Right. So if it's surging, I mean, think about everybody's stuck home. So even the married ones are the ones that are in committed relationships. I would think that would actually make that number drop because you're stuck home with your wife. But if you're a single guy stuck home, what? I guess you run out of other ideas. You're like, hmm, I guess this will I guess some so. time. Yeah, I, I, guess, I don't know. I guess. I would just think it would go the other way because whatever married people, and women too, by the way, we've discussed this, a lot of women like it. I would think they're stuck home together. They're probably unless they're doing it together. Well, here's the other thing you were you were suggesting then that in nine months perhaps we'll see. I'll be doing a a story here on I would a agree surge with that. of uh, babies being born nine months after the big storm. I would agree with that. I think that's very possible. Yeah. Yes. Why not? What else are you doing? Making babies. Very possibly could be. Yes. I like when people are surprised when they have a get a pregnant with a baby. Um, How did this happen? Yeah. I, hmm. We have someone, I don't want to mention, I really don't want to mention his name, but we have someone here that works in this building. I'll oh, say right. that. Not even necessarily this radio station. Just in the building, and we're in New York City. In the building. Could be right in this studio, but it could not be. That is in that situation right now. His wife is pregnant, and he honestly cannot believe it. But cannot he, believe it. But he had it. sex, yes. probably without protection. Uh, he, well, he said once, yeah. Well, yeah, well, that it's not a combined amount of no, sperm you need, that it does only has it. To yeah, once. It's a one time. Right. It's not like let's do it 30 times to have it happen once. Right. All you need to do is once. But I do think there are 
there there are those who have a lot of trouble having children, and then I think put it out of their mind that they're not going to, and then all of a sudden, bang, she's pregnant. Say, Excuse right. me. What do you mean she's pregnant? We tried for five years. Nothing happened. You know, three days a week, four days a week for, you know, 60 months. Here was once in a month, and here she is pregnant. It's the miracle of life, Jerry. Uh, it is that. Uh, tomorrow, you mentioned we were flying out to San Francisco, and this came up at the end of the show today. Okay. I'll be flying with the uh, Carton crew. Oh, cool. The whole crew? The crew. Wow. So my nervousness with them is they never put their phones in airplane mode. <laughs> and I feel like... If the airline is asking you to put your phone in airplane mode, that not being in airplane mode means that you're screwing with the dials up in the cockpit. Chris Sims told me that was ridiculous on chartered flights where the whole football team's on one flight. He said everyone's on their phones. They're talking on the phones. They're on the Internet the entire time but when I they're taking off and landing. But you service at a certain elevation. You don't, but the pro- they want you... For taking off and landing. I know that. So right. those are the elevations when you probably would get service. Got it, got it, got it. I mean, listen, I've been on planes. It's obvious people aren't turning their phones Right. On. So can't they? Can't the plane have a thing that shuts down everyone's phone? I don't know that it could. How? You'd have to literally block cellular service. But in some ways, I think Chris Sims is right in that it can't affect it because everyone's doing it on every plane. Correct. And we can't count on people to do anything. Which is why are they making us do it then? I do it, though. Listen, I turn my phone off and I don't want to be bothered. Right. As soon as I get on that plane, hun, leaving, talk to you in a few hours. Right. I shut the phone off and I try and go to sleep. That's you time. That's, yeah, absolutely. Or put a movie in or whatever. So I don't even put it in airplane mode. I shut the phone off. But there are people that you see on takeoff and landing. They're texting. They're doing all sorts of things. Yeah, I don't like that. I'm with you. I agree. So you're saying it's possible that during the takeoff or the landing, mm-hmm. phone calls could be coming in. Oh, yeah. Or better yet, several text messages will be coming in. Oh, yeah. In. Craig's phone will chime the entire time. <laughs> His wife's phone, same thing. Like, Why don't you do this? Don't sit near them. Well, we're all in one area. So that's not possible. Because they bought my ticket. Oh. Which was nice. They bought first class for me. That's very nice. Look at very you. Very nice. Meantime, I'm sitting in the row by the bathroom. Oh. On Sunday. Literally. That's a terrible row. The, the bathroom As we've row? discussed. You're in the last row? I am in the, I have oh. the window seat, though. All right. But I am in the but last means, row by the toilet. If you're in the if you're in the window seat, that means if you have to pee, you have to make two I people do. get up. Well, see, here's what I do, especially Sunday morning. I will make sure that I won't have anything to draw. I'll have literally like six or eight ounces of water before I leave. I will go to the bathroom 17 times before I get on the plane to where I can get on the plane and not have to worry about it. Now, California's a long trip. I did this a few years ago with Columbia when we went out to Oregon. We went to Portland to play a couple of basketball games, and that was even longer than San Francisco. It was like an extra 20 minutes. I was good to go. Got off the plane, went to the bathroom, all good. So I'm hoping to do the same thing Sunday morning. How long is this flight going to take me? Uh, well, going to California, it should be about five hours and 50 minutes. Coming home, it's about four and a half hours. Good Lord. Yeah, it's it's a long flight. That's a flight there, Jerry. It is a flight. That's why, you know, it's funny. You can't do anything for about 30 minutes when the flight begins and probably 20 to 30 minutes on the descent. So that's an hour that gets killed. But you've got four and a half to five hours of just, holy crap. I mean, you could watch The Godfather and you'd still have two hours left. I'm going to listen to the uh, these podcasts over Ours? and over again. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. You're gonna come. Oh, you're gonna critique the hell out of them. I'm gonna critique you? them. No, I, I'm a. I, I enjoy the podcast. I will not critique them. 
By the I way, I don't have a problem with them. How was I know you're going to release it later. I just very quickly. Yes. I was very interested in how the podcast with Ian went yesterday. I had a great interview with Ian Eagle, which we'll post in a couple of weeks. Funny as hell, isn't he? Very funny. You you told me that he would make four jokes that I would not understand. Yes. I, I don't think that happened. Is that true? Unless I really misunderstood. <laughs> this is the one thing I, I took from the Ian Eagle interview, and I think. All people who aspire to broadcasting or any other career, I found with him, one, he had extreme confidence in himself. You have to. Not arrogance or cockiness. He was very confident that he could do anything. Right. Number two, he said yes to everything and then figured it out. You have to. So when they said to him, do you do do play-by-play boxing? He said yes. And then he figured out how to do it. Interesting. When they said, do you do golf? He said, yes. And then he got the master's job, and it was the first time he was on a golf course. Get out. Yeah, so just say yes and then figure it out in you know between the time you say yes and you have to do it. You know what's it. so funny about that is I'm I, – see, I disagree with that, and I'm not as talented as he is, and that's probably why. I have been offered a couple of other opportunities to where I said, let me think about it tried to do it at home and realized I am so out of my league. Yeah, that's how I would be like you. And it's not to me it's not a matter about confidence. I think it's more about kind of knowing what you're okay at and what you can do and really what you're either not interested in or realistically you have no business taking that job. But that's interesting. He's just worldly talented. I mean, let's be honest. Absolutely. So Jerry, the last couple of days in the newspaper in uh, page 6 or confidential whatever one there's one in the Daily News, one in the New York Post. Okay. They've had this thing in there about a uh, dating website for famous people. Really? Yeah. So they had that Trevor Noah, who hosts The Daily Show, he took over after Jon Stewart left. Okay. That he's on this dating website. And it's a a dating website for famous people to date other famous people. I guess you have to have some fame in order to be on it. Right. Well, in today's newspaper, they have that Chris Harrison is on it. Who's that? Chris Harrison is the host of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Okay, but, huh? Right. So he was married, and then he got divorced. Now, my guess is he got divorced because he was hanging around all the bachelorettes. (laughs) Like, that was his job. He was hanging out. He was hosting the bachelorette, and my guess is... Oh, I get it. My guess is if there's only one bachelor, and there's tons of bachelorettes, and some of the bachelorettes feel that the bachelor isn't giving them time, perhaps... They gain an interest in Chris Harrison. Hmm. So I'm only speculating that perhaps that's how that marriage ended. Uh, yeah, I would say so. But I'm curious to see that he's now on this dating website where I would think now he'd have free reign to date the bachelorettes that got cast off. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I... <laughs> <laughs> I, my thoughts are, I don't even know where to go with You're this. You're not sure? No, I I don't understand why he even needs that website. Unless, now, let me ask you this. Yes. Is he being paid I don't to think be on he's it being and paid. endorse it, maybe? Here's who else is on it. Kelly Osbourne. Okay. She came out as being on it. And Moby, he's a, like a DJ. Moby? You yeah. could be, uh, well. Moby's like a real kind of like a a short, bald, well, I know man. he is. He was the oh. techno guy, right? Yeah, techno guy. Right. He could... Uh, what what did Eminem say about him? He's uh, oh, yeah. old and stale. Uh, something, yeah. Bored Moby and stale got, or something like Moby, Moby got, you could be, yeah. Moby got dissed in an Eminem track yes, he did. back in the that's day. Right. I forgot about that. I think that's without me. Yeah. I think, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Limp Biscuit and Moby got into yeah. that one. I don't know. I'll ask you this question. Yeah, though, all right, sir. Based on what you're talking about. Yes. Could you be married to a woman who had a job around 
very young, attractive men every day. Um, and by that, I mean, I don't mean going into an office and she's an accountant. I don't mean that, although that could be a pain in the ass, too, if you're the husband. I'm not going to like lie. Like she's a body makeup person for hot uh, male yes. models. Yeah, that's a good. That'd be yes. a tough one. Could you do that? That'd be a tough one. Like, how is that? Yeah, I'd, I probably couldn't handle that. I don't know. Like, could you be married to a woman who, you know, was the beat reporter for the New York Yankees? Yes. You could. Yeah, because I, I think that's I think that's a little different. Okay. I On think the road maybe a lot. Not. Yeah, you're right. On the young road Young guys a lot. that that's make millions of dollars and not, millions of dollars. Not only young guys, but I, when I had a Tina Servasio on my podcast and I was okay. asking her about, uh, I asked her if any of the players ever hit on her. Oh, interesting. And she said, uh, you know, once or twice early on, she goes, uh, then I realized the coaches were hitting on me and I realized perhaps I'm getting older. Wow. How about <laughs> so, that? So, yeah, even the coaches then. I guess so. You go from, because the players then are like 22, yeah, 23. Sure. Absolutely. And then the coaches are in their 40s. So as you get become older in your profession, that's but yeah, no, that, that's a good point. I, I I don't think I'd want my wife on the road with the Yankees. I, I don't think I, I can tell you right now. I wouldn't like it. Yeah, I'd have a problem with it. So, so. maybe this uh, Chris Harrison's wife had a problem with that, him. Well, with that's the Bachelorette. Where I, that's where I'm coming. You're tying from. it together. Yeah, I mean, how could she sit there, All right, honey? Going to the set. Right. Oh, what are you doing today? We've got 34 gals I have to discuss and talk to <laughs> and interview. Yeah, how's that going to go? Yeah, I mean, there's no way that works. I love watching The Bachelorette. Do you really? Yeah, I'm in for that. I, I like it. It's good mindless television. It's great to doze off to. I treat it like baseball. It's a good thing to fall asleep to. <laughs> That's not, not a lot a good going thing on. To say. Yeah. By, by the way, I can't wait for the baseball season to begin. I don't know why. I'm very into it this it's year. It's nice to have something every night that you're watching. Perhaps that's. I mean, I'm into the hockey, and I know you bores you. We watch hockey every night, and I'm into that, and I look forward to the games. So I don't know if for me that's it. I don't. I just I got so into it with the DraftKings last year. I'm, like, ready for it to get going again. Yeah, I'll watch hockey, like, when the Rangers get into the playoffs. Right. When the like game's everybody else. Like, yeah, I'll be like, all right, let me check this out. Yeah. Same so with you... basketball. Like, I'll watch the Knicks if they get in the playoffs. So, like, the Spurs, and we weren't going to stay up the other night for it, and it didn't turn out to be a good game, but, like, the Spurs and, and Warriors the other night, like, zero interest. If that game was on at 8 o'clock on TNT, you would have had no interest in that game? I, I, well, I do, I think I have interest, and I turn it on, and the, and the first quarter is boring, but if I, if I was up when it... If I was awake when the end of the game was happening and it was close, I would watch that. You would? Yeah, because I'm interested in those, the big-name guys. And you're also a big guy. Like, if you went to a bar and yeah. watched the game with your buddies, yeah, be you'd that. be a lot more into it. Yes. It's more that you're home alone, and it's kind of like, ah, yeah, might as well go to sleep. Like, I tried to get into Linsanity when that was happening. Oh, sure. And I was like, every night, I was like, I'm going to watch this Nick game. And about five minutes in, I was like, well... Now, well, well, then what do they do? <laughs> <laughs> Can I just fast forward to the last five minutes? Yes, that I want to see. And this was interesting, Jerry, on Twitter. It was Eddie Van Halen's birthday. He turned 61. Eddie Van Halen's 61? That's right. So, you know, oh. he and uh, Sammy, the, the, the Van Halen brothers, they are currently and have not been talking to Sammy Hagar right. and Michael Anthony for many years. Once David Lee Roth came back in the fold years ago, uh, those guys went out, and they've they've both said mean things about the other one in in interviews since then. Right. But uh, Sammy Hagar yesterday on Twitter wished a happy birthday, happy birthday, Eddie. Hope you're doing good. And he posted a photo of them on their 5150 tour. Oh, how about that? And he did hashtag 5150 time, hashtag best of both worlds. And Eddie Van Halen responded, "Thanks, Sammy. Hope you're well too." 
That is the first time they've really communicated in many, many years. So has anybody speculated we're going to have a reunion? No speculation because they're still doing stuff with uh, David Lee Roth. DLR. I'd love to see a show where David played his songs and did his songs live. Sammy did his songs live. They tried to do it with the Sam and Dave tour a couple years ago. And then they ended up fighting, but it really wasn't Van Halen. They were each doing their own songs. Right, but so we need so the Van Halen brothers. They might have fought during that, but Hagar and David Lee Roth have no really animosity. They among- did have an animosity they because did. Uh, during it started during that tour where they were supposed to flip a coin to see who would open each night. Okay, or they would flip. A, yeah, so I guess Sammy Hagar kept winning the flips for the good cities, like the Rock Cities, Cleveland, New York. And David, not happy. Why wouldn't you just alternate? <laughs> or maybe they did alternate, but they started on the first flip, and the way it turned out, David got some of the scrub cities. Got it. And uh, Sammy got all the good ones. Lucky with the, yeah, he was getting the big the big markets yeah, yeah. like L.A. Sammy, uh, you know, Cleveland Sammy, New York. Sammy. But here's what I don't get. I mean, we're adults, right? I mean, in some ways, we're not. I guess, but these are two adult men. Yes, that have made more money than God. Yes, that are very protective, and I understand of their own songs and their own voices and all that. That's great. If you open, I get to close. Right. What the hell well, is no the one likes to open. They think you're. Oh no! One wants to open. No, they think you're subs- being subservient to the other person. Oh, I thought everyone wants to close. the I show. I thought they wanted to open the show. Yeah, I say I misunderstood you. I'm sorry. Okay, well. And yeah. David always used to say of Sammy Hagar, "I don't sing your songs, but you sing mine." So, like when they would go on tour, oh, that's a problem. Sammy would sing. They'd do Panama. They'd do Ain't Talking About Love. They did a couple. And he would do it with David Lee Roth. No, no. I'm saying when, when Van Halen was touring with Sammy Hagar. Oh, I got Hagar, it. I got it. I got it. They would do some of the old Van Halen songs. And David Lee Roth always used to say in the press, I don't do your songs. You do my songs. Got it. You know what I'm saying, Jerry? I do. I would like, like on this tour, they don't do any of the Sammy songs. I would like to see that, what you, what you talked yeah, about. Yeah, I would see that. You know? That would be awesome. And Jerry, may I give a birthday shout out? No, we don't do birthday shout outs. Well, All right, why not? This Craig, is oh, a, by the way, go ahead. What are you going to say? Craig? I was going to say, by the way, I didn't realize Craig Carton and John Minko share a birthday. Yes, uh, this coming Two Sunday. Two handsome sons of bitches. This is a birthday shout out to Scott. He turns 13 today. Happy birthday, Scott. Booyakasha respect. He sometimes listens to the podcast. And who mainly, is Scott? Mainly because his mom listens to the podcast. Aha. Uh-huh. And he happens to be in the car. That's awesome. Happy birthday, so Scott. So happy birthday, Scott. And we are done until the well, next time we do this, Jerry. We will be doing it live from San Francisco. Yes, we will. Well, we're going to live to tape. Live to tape. Right. We should, yeah. Tape for broadcast. Boy, 13, huh? Yeah. I'm worried, man. That's when you go from being a little boy to all of a sudden, you're not. Well, for me, that happened at like 20. <laughs> I didn't mean that. It did not happen at 13 That's for me. not what I meant. Oh, I see. I just meant as a personality and a personality. Person, oh, I you told you, I see this changes already in my son. Where he's all of a sudden old? I look at him, he's eleven, and he's very mature. By the way, since we're doing shoutouts, he had fourteen points last night in his basketball game. Nice, very really? excited. Is yes. he an outside shooter? Will he drive? He hit four jump shots, and he hit I'm trying to think. I think three drives, and at one point, his team was winning twelve ten, and he had all twelve points. And it was pretty cool. I got to be like, honest. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it was good because he's not their best player on the team, but they have a really good player on the team. He wasn't there. And for some so reason, took my right son over. took it upon himself and just was hitting shots. We may awesome. need to get that other kid traded and make your son the dominant Well, considering kid on the team. his dad's the coach. Oh, well, that's not. Probably not going to trade hmm. him. 
and he's a damn good player, too. Yeah. But, yeah, all right. Do you think he showed a renewed confidence when that other kid wasn't there? Well, that's what I'm saying. I think there was part of it that he kind of just said, oh, I'm going to step up and make no, some I'm gonna shots. I'm going to take over. Because a lot of the kids try to feed Daniel the ball because the kid's really good. But now they know they got two guys to feed. Well, they've got a few. they got a few players. But I was just very proud of them last night. Well, so. Do they go with the regular size nets? I always wonder sure that. Sure they do. How oh, are yeah. little kids throwing a ball up 10 feet in the air? You'd be able, you should see some of these kids. They must do with all they their shoot, oomph. By the way, they hit three-pointers. There's a couple of them that On hit a them ten foot rim? regularly. Not NBA threes, the high school three. It's impressive, actually. Really, yeah, 10-foot rim. Nice. Absolutely. All right, I nice. will um, see you in San Francisco. Stars of the show, Alan Jerry.